open. Now both of you are big and beautiful. Steve, I love your background. Um, it just it proves to me that you are the biggest fan of Color Out of Space, which is excellent. I love it. Sean, yours is great, too. It goes with your shirt, and it just proves to me that you're the biggest fan of reality and truth. I love Neon Genesis Evangelion, the Garfield episode. The best one. Odie oh, just wouldn't get in the Ava. He wouldn't get in the Ava. And, you know, it caused the the second lasagna impact. Mm -hmm. <laughs> they had to go into the volcano mm -hmm. to get uh, Garfield out. But he was an angel the whole time. That's the twist. But we're here for Nicolas Cage. Our last right. discussion was about Tiger King. It was a very spirited discussion. If you haven't heard it, be sure to subscribe to our podcast, Late Night Cage Fight, and you'll find the latest episode we have up where it was announced that Sir Nicholas Cage will be playing the one and only Joe Exotic, the Tiger King. But today, we've all had the chance to see a wonderful film, The Color Out of Space. Um, I've always wondered what a color out of space would look like. And now I know it's um, hot pink, apparently. We'll get into that. First, let's talk about Kevin. Kevin, haven't heard from you in a while. I miss you, brother. Uh, I did have a, I had a short chat with him from the hospital. And it's actually, it was, I'm a little worried about him because it's the same hospital that Birdie was in. What? Uh, yeah, it's, it's rough. It's rough getting in there. But uh, I was allowed. I was allowed to see him through a window for ten minutes, and he was he was getting a massage. He he did seem to be showing some bird-like tendencies. I think he's traumatized from the whole experience. But he says that he's okay. He didn't die. He said he didn't appreciate that we said that he died because apparently some of his family members believed it, and I told him that he obviously didn't listen to it because I said that he. That, that he didn't die, that he was really sick, right? I said, if he died, then I would take his stuff. So we got into a, we actually had a cage fight there in the hospital. Which is a felony, but... Yeah. Well, in normal times. Yeah. These are strange times. You can fight yeah. in the hospital as long as you're wearing a mask. These are trying times. But, but Kevin's family did uh, watch the movies that we sent him. They did. The... Kevin's favorite Nick Cage movie. Mm. Um, actually, you can tune in after the episode where Kevin's mom will broadcast in live with her review of Boy in Blue, which is <laughs> Kevin's favorite Nick Cage movie. I'm going to hold her to that. Mm -hmm. I'm convinced she actually listens to this. So, Kevin's mom, if you are, please watch Boy in Blue and uh, in Kevin's memory... You know, let us know what you think. Uh, I thought it was excellent. I thought it was a masterpiece. I hope we get to watch it again um, after death and reincarnation. I hope we get to live it. Color out of space. What'd you guys think? All those years in the big city, we finally got out. We're living the dream. Maybe it is a dream.
big flash, like a pink light, or actually, I don't even know what color it was. It wasn't like any color I'd ever seen before. Looks like a meteorite. I mean, it's radioactive. I mean, it's from space, right? Meteorites are generally no more dangerous than ordinary rocks. How can something that big just disappear? Did you plant those? No. Ward, you come here for a sec. Oh, God. What are you doing? Shh. It's talking to me. Who's talking to you? It's in the static, it's in the moisture, it's in here, it's out there. And what's out there is in here now. Everything's under control. Why are you so in denial? That thing from the meteorite changes everything around it. It's just the color. Butter burns. Can you believe me now? I don't know what I believe anymore. I appreciated the original concept of uh, let's make a slasher flick, but the killer is the color purple. I'm glad you appreciated that. Yeah. Yeah. Steve, did it did it blow you away? I I mean I was really getting into it for about the first thirty minutes. In fact, I was actually going to try to do the whole. Or at least the first 30 minutes of the recap. After that, I started getting a little lost. But oh, yeah? You were going to take it, it on? It was really intense for me. I was going to try. I was going to try, but mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure at a certain point you're going to have to take over. Yeah. Well, you see, I don't really have any notes this time. I can't go through the entire plot, but we can We can talk about... Um, a little I bit about... the beginning very detailed. Yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll go through it. I mean, I got it up on Wikipedia. You know, I'll download it to my Google Glass. Watch it real quick. And again, we'll talk about it. Um, Color Out of Space originally. Yeah, the original Google Glass. You don't have one of those? You're still using it? Yeah. Oh. You know, Apple's actually making a, their own version. I just use the Amazon Enema. No. <laughs> All right. I don't know what to say to that. Steve, you, did you ever give yourself a self-enema? I don't really know if I should answer that. I we actually have viewers. I don't know if you should ask that question, to be honest. <laughs> Let's talk about the short story that Color Out of Space, the movie, is inspired by. And, uh, of course, ripped the title from. H.P. Lovecraft wrote it many, many moons ago. Um, if you don't know who H.P. Lovecraft was, he was a very prolific horror writer, most famous for the Call of Cthulhu monsters, those whole, those whole eldritch creatures that we see now that have become a mainstay in pop culture. What is that face, this, Steve? 
I, because I'm confused. This is actually based off of a, uh, of a story because I actually thought this was based off of the skit from like years and years ago of like the Nick Cage will take on any role. I thought this was the all-white remake of The Color Purple. People do not want to see an all-white remake of The Color Purple. Sucks for them. No, no, this, this, was, uh, this was a short story. Yeah. A horror okay. story at that, not a, a okay. race, racial tension dramatic piece of literature. But I actually did go back and read The Color Out of Space because I, I, I remembered that it was pretty short. You can read it in one sitting. And pretty good as well. I mean, I'd say it's, it's token Lovecraft. Uh, you've got the existential dread. Basically, it's a story about a meteor that um, lands in this family's front yard. And um, things happen. Spooky things, creepy things. And uh, you are kind of left to put the pieces together and try to understand what, what exactly happened. But what's, what's interesting about the H.P. Lovecraft short story is um, there's a lot more science in it. I can't say a great deal, but there's more of a focus on the um, researchers trying to get to the bottom of, of what this mysterious substance is that comes in with the meteor. And it, it adds more of a sense of realism to the story that I think is kind of lost in the movie version. But that's just one example of something that I think was uh, brushed over for, you know, cinematic purposes. But I'll just say, in short, the, the, the short story is, is a really great read. I highly recommend it if, you even ha if you've never read a Lovecraft story. Um, and it is rather straightforward. But the difference is the, the short story, you know, the researcher at the beginning, the guy who comes in, the hydrologist who meets with the family and he's studying the, the water table and all that. Well, this guy is actually, in, in the short story... He's coming in after the fact. It's been many, many years since this event has occurred, and he sees the great patch of earth that's just burned and, and uh, gray and ashen and disturbing, and he, he's curious about what happened there. Then he meets another character. I believe his name's Amy Pierce. He's an old guy, an old farmer guy. And you have to understand, this is an old short story, too. So this was written in a time where people were very rustic. And this is also one of the themes of the short story, is that these farm people are dealing with something scary and unknown, but when they bring this knowledge to the city people, the city people don't want to believe it because they don't, they don't believe these stupid farmers or superstitious farmers or what have you. That's a theme that's important to the story, but you don't really get that in the movie because the movie is supposedly a modern-day version of this story. But yeah, so the, the hydrologist character then talks to this farmer who was a friend of um, the main characters, uh, Nathan Gardner, and... The rest of the the rest of the story is through Amy Pierce's perspective, and I think there's actually a nod to this character, Amy Pierce, uh, Sheriff Pierce, the sheriff in the movie. He has 
they, they took his name for that. But I mean, in the book, this character is very important. And this character is kind of like, um, how do I explain it? Like, like the, the middle ground that you see, you experience it through them and you don't quite know what to believe, right? Maybe this old guy's kind of crazy in what he remembers. And you, it's more of a psychological horror story than what we're getting, which a lot of people describe this movie version as body horror. And I guess when you talk about body horror, we're talking about movies like um, good movies, like The Thing is body horror, or the excellent uh, Jennifer's Body. Wow, nice insult, Hannah Montana. You saw that. <laughs> With uh, Oscar-nominated and winning actress uh, Megan Fox. Megan Five? Yeah, Megan Five. Uh, right. Yeah. So I just want to say, after reading the short story and then watching this masterpiece of film, back-to-back, um, I still found the short story more disturbing. But there are some elements in the movie that I didn't expect that were definitely disturbing visually. You know, we talk about, like, the skin sores, and, and we'll get into some more of the plot details. But really, a lot of the super intense stuff that you see in the movie, that doesn't happen in the story. It's more of, like, a slow decomposition of the mind, and then the body, and then, yeah, the, what happens to the family is more, uh, there's more of a distance of time and of characters than you get in the movie. So just be aware, if you want to go and read the book, it's a very, very different story as far as pacing and tone and all that. Um, to the point that I'm actually kind of disappointed that they didn't just m make a movie that was inspired by this instead of just calling it straight up color out of space. But the movie by itself definitely has its merits. I would say that uh, it's 100% it's cage. We got the cage factor going. It's true, especially in the in the second half. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, the I feel like the first half of the movie is he's a lot more reserved, but then mm -hmm. <clears throat> you know, the, after shit really starts going down, he you see a lot of we'll yeah. say cageisms. Yeah, that well, guys. Seen. Other movies. I, I've got two huge points about this movie, and we're probably going to want to talk about each one in detail. The first mm -hmm. big point I have is um, when this movie starts out, the cinematography is great. <laughs> the, the way the shots are laid out, it really looks good. And the music is good, too. The sound design, and it, it really reminded me of Mandy, to be honest. The level yeah. of... Uh, of the effects and, and all that stuff. But when we talk about the writing and the acting, it didn't start on a very high note with me. Accidents happen, Lavinny. Someday... I'll have kids of my own and I'll understand. Exactly right. See, communication, me and you, babe. Now, get comment back into the barn before your mother finds out. And I thought that... I thought that maybe it was just bad casting and just bad writing. But about halfway through, I got the feeling that all of this was maybe intentional. The bad dialogue, um, some of the just like plot points that don't make sense. Okay, like towards, towards the, it's in the second half of the movie when the sheriff, I think, has 
he has the in his truck. He's got the he's got the mutated alpacas in his truck, right? Yeah. And he says to the hydrologist character, "You know anything about this? What these are?" And they're like, "Oh, he's like, oh, I don't know. I guess we better go out there and and uh, and investigate." So they send the sheriff and another deputy and that guy back to the house to investigate. But I'm like, okay, look at these things. This is like, this is a, a biohazard situation. And you're just going to, you know, you're just going to go. They're out in the middle of nowhere, man. That's what, yeah. that's what them people do. We're going to go out there and investigate. Just yeah. little little things like that where it's like, okay, this, this has got to be intentional because nobody is this stupid. I, I would, I would. Disagree. You would? You think that? Uh, I would strongly disagree. That that um, you think people are that stupid? I would agree with that. Yeah, I think the the further you get outside of the city, the more people are. It's not necessarily stupid as so much as it is. We'll just do it ourselves. Okay, but think about the character, the hydrologist. I want to get his the hydrologist. Name. No, I think I I think. I, I don't know, his character doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me because I feel like he was never really developed very well. Mm -hmm. I, I really want to go through my, my interpretation of the opening and, and the characters as I saw them. Go ahead. Yes. Please do. I, I think it really elaborates. But then I'll just end up getting into the entire layout of the movie. Well, so. we're, yeah, we're going to do that anyway. I was about to do okay. it after. Well, let me just say what my second point yeah, is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My second point. The first one is, I, I think that the writing is intentionally bad, and some of the casting is intentionally bad. Second, um, in the casting of Nick Cage specifically, th this is the new thing. Put Nick Cage in a movie where he loses his mind, and then he can improv, and no matter how bad it is, you have an excuse to justify it. <laughs> If he says something completely batshit insane, oh well, well that's just that's just Nick Cage's character. He's losing his mind. Yeah. <laughs> I got that sense pretty early on. It's the it's like yeah. the safe Nick Cage role. Yeah. This is the the pivotal safe Nick Cage role in Colorado Space. And he says some god awful shit in this movie. Holy shit. Holy shit. They should have been put back in the barn hours ago. You haven't even fed them yet, have you? Dad, I tried, but... What do you mean, you tried? Do you have any idea how much those animals cost us? They are alpacas. Alpacas. That you know, yeah. there's no way it was in the script. Yeah. yeah isn't, some... isn't this movie by the producer of Mandy? It is. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Because I, uh... You could definitely tell that some of the same people worked on it i mean they they're very different movies but mm -hmm. man in color out of space both had a very like you know 70s psychedelic yeah type to it right very avant-garde uh mm -hmm. and in some ways putting visuals over oh yeah story. <laughs> that's a good point right and i even was gonna say that the daughter in the film, Lavinia is the character's name. To me, she kind of feels like a Mandy 2.0. Her interests, she, you know, she likes Mandy the... Jr. Mandy Jr., yeah. yeah. You know, she likes the metal. She's into witchcraft, Wicca. Uh, and that's another point I wanted to bring up, too, is why is it 
Real quick, why is in any movie when they have witch stuff like rituals, Wicca, pagan stuff, it's always bad. It's always scary. It's like, oh my god, they're gonna summon a demon. Well, well, was it in this movie? Because literally the first scene of the movie, you see Lavinia and she's doing a ritual right. with that white horse. And, yeah. you know, the hydrologist guy comes up and he's just like, oh, I'm ass. So. He's like, what? He's like, I want to tap that ass. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. what I hoped you said. Yeah. Anyway, right, right. I just, but I mean, it's never just a character's personality. It's never just a trait where they happen to be this spirituality. I'm just saying in movies, it's always depicted as something slightly evil at least somewhat scary and i just get i don't know just like okay she does she's just a kid and she's exploring and i know later this is going to play into it she's going to do some ritual or some shit summon a, i don't know summon a demon or anyway we'd find out later um there is a ritual scene but i just well, i just wondered why is it always evil why is it always got to be evil guys I don't know. Anyway, Steve, you want to jump into the movie? Go ahead. I want your interpretation. Yeah. So, the movie starts out, like you said, with some nice uh, nice scenery pictures. Now, I'll start this a little bit, too. I'm not a fan of the, of the horror or thriller genre, really, right. at all. Just don't really get into it. So, the first half of the movie, I really didn't know what I was getting into when I watched this. Mm-hmm. So, I just kind of took it as it came. Good, good. You had some nice surprises, then. Yeah. So the movie starts out with the you know all the the, the scenery shots and then you uh, you pan in on uh, Dakota Fanning doing a, um, a ritual out by the riverside with her pony. Yeah. And then uh, she gets approached by none other than uh, M Night Shyamalan. <laughs> and <laughs> so they talk, wow. you know, trying to find out. I honestly I was surprised when she gave her his ne- her her name. Gardener, and I, I couldn't, I still do not know where that name comes from. Mm-hmm. And I swear, there's like a famous gardener name mm-hmm. from the, something else. The gardener snake. Yeah. Okay. That's probably what it was. That's what it was. Um, I'm thinking of, I'm thinking of someone with that last name that we know who is not famous. So I'm right. not gonna so say it. Okay. Yeah, you might be thinking of someone we know personally. That's possible. It just, for some reason, it struck me. So, she comes back to her house with the good old, you know, Papa Cage. Yeah. And uh, Sandra Bullock, her mom. What is wrong with you, Steve? She doesn't even look like Sandra Bullock. This, I was, uh, what was the, yeah, I don't know, whatever. Doesn't matter. She reminded me of the, the lady from Jurassic Park. Okay, okay. I could see that. Who is actually a, you know, award-winning actress. Maybe Jolie Richardson is the actress, and she played Teresa Gardner. Where have I seen her before? She's done a lot of TV. She was in The Last Mimsy. Last Mimsy? The Patriot. I think I recognize her from The Patriot movie. Event Horizon. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, which is a, a body horror sci-fi movie. Nip-tuck. Nip-tuck. I just want to say, before you continue, Steve, 
that yeah. actress that actress has a interesting look about her do you agree yeah yeah and honestly she's probably the one that i got the least throughout everything because mm -hmm. i feel like she never had anything together mm -hmm. she was always really the yeah. same from beginning to end uh -huh. so yeah she had this kind of coldness about her or like there was some, yeah. something in her eyes that indicated yeah. she wasn't quite right now i don't remember this this fact, but in the actual plot in Wikipedia, it says in the wake of Teresa's mastectomy, they moved to the rural farm. I, I guess I missed that. So after she had an operation, then they moved to the farm. Do you guys remember that at all? I don't remember that at all. I remember there being something about like his dad passing or something and then uh -huh. inheriting the house or something. Yeah, I remember that part I too. Yeah. There was some big thing of like, it's all ours now. We don't have to worry about him being a dick. <laughs> yeah. Typical cage. So yeah. greedy. So, yeah, anyway, go ahead. I'm, I'm enjoying your recap. Well, we're, we're introduced to the rest of her family, her older, no, younger, younger uh, brother, uh, stoner brother, um, Jonah Hill. Jonah Hill. Um, okay, beautiful. Yeah. It's not not yeah. Jonah Hill, of course. None of these actors that you've mentioned are in the movie, but I like your uh, wish list of actors that should have been yeah. in Colorado Space. Okay, Jonah Hill. Yeah. Jonah Hill yeah. with the um, he has the same haircut and style as the one older brother character in Stranger Things. Actually, he kind of looks like Sam too from uh, Lord of the Rings. All right, kind of reminds me of him a little bit too. I'll go with that. Yeah, and then the uh, the youngest brother, mm -hmm. uh, Ralphie, from A Christmas Story. You'll shoot your eye out, kid. <laughs> yeah, I guess he thought. I guess he thought if he went in that well, he would uh, he'd be able to get that gun for Christmas. Yeah, I, that's what I'm thinking. It was down there. It was down there. Yeah. All right. So yeah, I mean, it's just all of the the typical angst stories, you know, teenage girl angsty with the witchcraft and the boy and the stoner and the Kid just wants to watch cartoons, and yeah. Nick just wants to get some for a change, and she is not about it. That's She's right. She's not about it. That's right. So he gets her liquored up and basically just tells her, like, I don't care what you want. Tonight you're getting it. All right. <laughs> and so he he goes for it, and it is, it is so bad, uh -huh. so bad, that uh, honestly it was like, Honestly, the first thing that popped in my head was like some sort of a shitty Superman story. <laughs> yeah, man, I can see that. I was really just waiting for somebody to get, you know, this, this big meteorite rocks drops down the front porch. I'm waiting for, I don't know, somebody to get fucking superpowers or. Sean, are you or, are you following that Steve didn't didn't apparently know that this was a horror movie? Right. Yeah, I had no clue. No clue. <laughs> he thought it was a Superman. I, just, I had no idea. I had just no idea. I thought this was the all <laughs> I I'd just like to say that um, this movie's still not as scary as uh, Batman v Superman. Yeah. That that movie's that's one. terrifying. That is a horror movie. Yeah. 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 So, so immediately. The kid, the kid gets traumatized or, or something, and you know everybody's really concerned except for 
uh, Papa Cage, right? Uh-huh. He's like, I'm going to shit. It's too far to go to the hospital. Fuck it. He'll be fine. Just tell him to pop a couple aspirin and shut the fuck up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Is this, this is after the meteor hits, right? Yeah, yeah. Meteor hits. Uh-huh. And, and, and there's not really an explanation that everyone runs out, takes a look at it, and yeah. then just kid yeah. gets traumatized and everyone goes back inside and it's a new day and the meteorite's gone. Right, there, there's another example of logical problems in, in the movie. Yeah, a mm-hmm. meteor hits and they're like, what is that? Oh, I guess a meteor hit. Just, yeah, uh, yeah we'll, we'll go just... Go to bed. Do what? Yeah, they just go to bed. Yeah, we'll, yeah, just, we'll just go to bed and check it out tomorrow. We'll call NASA in the morning, you know. Well, the weird thing was the people that showed up next morning. It was it was what Sheriff McAllister and and Norwest Allen and Rude from the Turks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that should have been a really important scene. Right. The researchers, scientists coming in saying, "You have a meteor that uh, came from outer space. It may have uh, extraterrestrial bacteria, parasites. Might have a little bit of coronavirus residue. We don't know. We got to find out." Um, That's not real. I know. I'm ma- I'm making up illnesses, but yeah, I could have had the flu. Ugh. Right. Everybody. Said that. Album, it's just like I don't give a shit. Fuck it. I'm out. Peace. It's Friday. Yeah. Yeah. I thought. I too thought it was very strange how they reacted to a meteorite slamming into their yard. Uh, what happens though after that? You know. So but, after, yeah. You got your outline yeah. right. You got more. Uh, no. After that, what M Night shows back up and. Throws his two cents in. What does he say? Or does he literally have two pennies and throws it in the well? Just I mean, fish. And Will Smith uh, shows up with blue face. <laughs> the next thing I remember, the, yeah. the kid, Jack, he is entranced with the well. I remember that scene where he's just sitting there looking at the well and mumbling to himself or something. And I think it's the sister or the brother... Well, I think that's way later when the kid's in trance with the well. Is it? Okay. Isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, we got to talk about the um, the really important uh, oh shit! I just cut off my fingers chopping carrot scene. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. No, no. This. Yeah. Yeah. What about the uh, the the purple bug that? Yeah, that's what I was. That yeah. yeah. Well, before before any of that, this is M Night shows back up. And that's mm-hmm. when they just start introducing him to the whole family, the milking the alpacas. Yeah, right. We gotta talk. We, let's, let's, let's let's start with that. Let's talk about Nick Cage. I dude, come on. This was not in the script. Nick Cage having an alpaca farm. This is yeah. totally. So yeah. so that's it. Uh, He's like, can I? Yeah. Guys, can I bring my alpacas with me? I imagine this character having alpacas, lots of them. Mm-hmm. No, they're actually his personal alpacas. <laughs> he just, he had to take all the like, piercings me, and stuff. If you want me, you're taking my alpacas, too. Yeah, yeah. And they're getting paid, too. Alpacas are people. I'd just, I'd just like to say that uh, best straight out of the teeth milk drinking scene since mm-hmm. Last Jedi. Oh, my gosh, that's right. Straight out of the teeth. Straight out of the teeth. If you don't mind, it's time we milk the alpacas. Milk the what? It's not like milking a goat. You don't get a lot of milk from an alpaca. It takes great patience, technique, and of course you have to be very gentle with the uh, 
Perfect. But once you get them warmed up. Oh, nice one, Dad. Would you like a taste? Oh, no. no. He, says, he says boobs. <laughs> he says, he's talking about alpaca milking and he says boobs. Yeah. 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 Great. I mean, I mean, it's the only way he can get boobs because his wife doesn't have any. So, that's why oh. you got the alpacas. Woo. We got the milk and alpacas. What happens next? Um, they they go and they visit the uh, the the obligatory crazy ass dude that lives in the woods next door. Tommy Chong. <laughs> Tommy Chong. I want to know how much they paid Tommy Chong to be in this movie. And, oh, God, he's just, he's a hilarious guy. But I felt like yeah. he, he sucks in this movie. I, yeah. I, I just feel like he didn't have to try. They didn't try to get him to try. Just, yeah, man, uh, it's Meteor, bro. Oh, yeah, he's, he's always talking about his cat. Yeah. And it's obvious he's he's like a hippie, um, likes his coffee, stoner. I don't know. It was kind of they. All they did was just smoke him out and just let him just talk for. <laughs> and then they just cherry picked with the best stuff. I, probably. Probably. But it was something. I mean, it was kind of interesting. I liked his makeup was very beautiful, mm-hmm. but he's just the crazy next door hippie that people don't necessarily know whether to believe or not because, you know, maybe it's that dank weed he's got. I don't know. He's a little loony, right? Yeah. Which is actually just his life. Yeah. But there is that cool scene that <laughs> happens to him towards the end when they go to his house. I thought it was kind of cool. Yeah. Um, Ezra. That's that's his Ezra. Name. Yeah, Ezra. So yeah, go go ahead, Steve. What else you got? Um, from there, what the the weird shit starts. That that's uh, that's when they go into the the, the meal cooking, right? The yeah. The uh, they're on the news, and she uh, absentmindedly uh, yeah, just chops off her own fingers. Right. Teresa, the mother, um, chopping carrots, I think, and accidentally uh, cuts off a couple fingers. And, oh, honey, oh, my God, honey, we got to do something. Does it hurt? Got to, let's go. Just, God, let's do something. Well, it's no problem when it's her. If it's the little kid, you know, fuck him, he'll be fine. Yeah. She needs those fingers. How about, how about all of the, intentional <laughs> yeah I, I sometimes I, I'm not really listening to you Steve because I'm thinking about what I'm going to say next and then it just kind of yeah it's good because I, I don't know if I can um, if I can respond to what you're trying to throw at me here um, yeah yeah and ab- she absentmindedly you, you read that in the Wikipedia absentmindedly cuts off two of her fingers which I guess she you know really needs um, they go to the hospital. Benny stays home in charge, but the alpacas are all going crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sam runs away. Uh, didn't find the dog. Uh, yeah, and like, then 
like a dire wolf. Which, right, yeah, it's like fucking one of the dire wolves from Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones. Yeah. But Which, what the fuck ever happened to him? I think they said they, he was exactly. in the well. That's right. That's just what happens to dire wolves. You just, you know, they yeah. show up and you just, you know, you leave that plot thread hanging. Yeah. 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 I just. We yeah. saw the we, we saw the alpaca fuck puddle. Why couldn't we see anything with the dog? Right. You mean, you mean yeah. mega paca? <laughs> yeah, that scene was pretty cool. Yeah. I like the uh, the effects there. Some good effects. So yeah, dog yeah. runs away, and then Jack is staring at the well, mumbling to himself. And oh yeah, that's when that's when Nick Cage starts to lose it, right? He starts to say some really disturbing things to his kids. When he's still not there, he's gone with his wife. Well, when this he comes when, back, this when, yeah. This, this is when all the kids start like slowly losing their shit. Yeah. This is when the the the. Rafi has his uh, moment in the well and the, the purple bug. Yeah, we see this kind of like hot pink grasshopper thing. Right, so strange things start to happen all over the place. Um, the the fruit and vegetables start to grow abnormally large. And they look well, really weird. Oh, oh my gosh. The, the, the sister of Joe she she starts seeing all the blood and, and then the M. Night comes over to be like, hey, Gus, M. Night here, I know the plot. Uh, don't drink the water. Dude, dude, this is one of my complaints about this movie. They they are hardcore doing some foreshadowing at the beginning with like close-up mm-hmm. shots of the water, showing them drinking the water and they're drinking the water and all oh, this, what does this mean? The water, the water. And it pisses mm-hmm. me off because in a movie like this, it, it doesn't make sense because the turning point of the movie should be when the meteor hits. Then things change. Not, there's something already kind of wrong happening here. You know what I mean? There's other ways yeah. of foreshadowing without without being like, oh. I feel like this was a whole lot of movies combined into one. Oh, yeah. Well, right? like, I, I, that's why I keep saying I keep saying M. Night because I feel like this was like, a, a, I don't know, a prequel or a, a sequel or yeah. like a, a twin to The Happening. <laughs> um. Yeah, that's the thing. <laughs> Color Out of Space certainly inspired so many great horror movies because mm-hmm. of how old this short story is. I mean, it's it's iconic. And the irony mm-hmm. is they finally make a movie about the original short story itself, and it just kind of feels like a ripoff of all these other movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. It's uh, 1927, the original story was. Was it? Yeah. Yeah, I, I would have liked it much better I think if they tried to stick closer and, and made it more of a historical movie even mm-hmm. and, and also they did the whole kind of hinting that I don't I'll just say 80s feel we say stranger things there were parts of the movie that felt like it was 80s but they had mm-hmm. cell phones and stuff and it's, you know the mom worked um, using Skype or whatever upstairs it's obviously not the 80s and I mm-hmm. just felt like if they would have if they would have dated it if they would have made it in the 80s or 70s or gone back even further, I think it would have been a stronger movie. Mm-hmm. But that's did, just... Did, did you ever see um, on Netflix, they had... I forget what it was called. It was uh, based on a Stephen King short story. It was a movie that was... It was like 1923 or whatever. Mm-hmm. It, it was like... The name was like a year. And it was... Oh. You know, period. Yeah. 
Uh-huh. And it was, you know, it was just about a farmer who kills his wife, mm-hmm. covers up, and the whole thing is just like suspense and Antichrist. Yep. Yeah. Um, I remember when that book came out, but I didn't know it was. You're saying it's a series? It's a it's a movie. It's that, a movie? It was Netflix original movie. It, it was actually pretty good. Yeah, I remember the reviews of the. You're saying. You're saying though, was it a short story, not a book? Yeah, I'm not. I'm not been, sure. But I, I think it was a short story. I just remember I worked um, for a company that made audiobooks, and we we had that audiobook and had some pretty good reviews. Yeah, I should go back and check that out. And it's funny you bring up Stephen King because actually, did you ever watch Creep Show, the movie? No, but I know that there's a, a new one that yeah, they have. I haven't seen I'm that. Sure. I also haven't seen Creepshow 2, but in the original Creepshow, which is like vignettes, you know, it's little stories all into one, um, there's one story with Stephen King as the actor in it, and he's, he's the only human in this story, and the story is about a meteor that lands in his yard and turns everything into vegetation, including him. Yeah, I don't remember what it's called, but it's very comic booky and kind of campy. But I, I watched this as a kid, and it, you know, kind of disturbed me. Actually, the one that really disturbed me was the one where uh, the guy buries the couple up to their their necks in sand and kills them that way, and then they come back as undead creatures to kill him. I think it was, I think it was even Leslie Nielsen <laughs> who was the killer. But uh, yeah, I'm sorry, I'm digressing here. The the yeah the Stephen King one was totally inspired by Color Out of Space. Had to be. Meteor hits, everything goes to hell. At the end, he's turning into this kind of like swamp thing vegetation monster, and I think he shotguns his head. So, mm-hmm. you know, there are all of these examples. Go ahead. Do you know what the only movie that Stephen King ever directed was? It was called Heavy... I think it was Heavy Metal. Uh, the animated? It, it, it was about cars coming alive and killing people. Oh, yeah. Transformer. Yes. Sean, yeah, yeah it was Transformers. With the, the, the truck nuts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Which... which yeah. Some funny shit. Yeah, man. So it all it all goes full circle. Um, no, I didn't know that. I remember that story though. Yeah, that's that's kind of a cool idea. As a kid, I remember thinking, wouldn't that be scary if cars could come to life and chase you? And then I, did, I just thought it was funny that it was you know of all his stories, it was that one. True. <laughs> yeah, I think he probably knows that uh, he's not a director. You know, I don't know. Or maybe he just wants to stick to the the story writing. I always thought it was kind of cool that he he had cameos in his movies. Mm-hmm. Um, him and Stan Lee. I don't know what mm-hmm. I like more now, birds or alpacas. I'm kind of shifting to alpacas now. I think they should remake Birdie, but make it so his friend thinks that he's an alpaca. That would be uh, an alpaca who thinks he can fly. 
Yeah, Andy fucks an alpaca. <laughs> yeah, I am totally excited to see that. Yeah. Oh, man. How did he fuck a parakeet? Are we, we're going to go back they to They wouldn't show it. Don't ask Steve these kinds of questions because he's going to have an answer for you. That's not going to yeah. be pretty. It keeps me awake at night. Yeah. Let's get to the really, really great scene where the alpacas are going crazy. They're, Jack and Teresa hears Jack and Benny screaming and howling out in the barn. What's, what's going on? And she goes out there. Something terrible has happened to the alpacas. They've kind of transformed into this John Carpenter looking creature. Creatures. Megapaca. Megapaca. They reminded me of. Uh, Shin Godzilla, if you've seen that, when Shin Godzilla is transforming and he's got the googly eyes. Yeah. It's like, oh, that's kind of cool. Little Shin Godzillas, which uh, is, is actually, I think, a tremendously better movie, but that's cool. Um, they try to run away from the evil alpacas, but this crazy electric lightning comes out. It's totally metal and hits Teresa and her son, Jack, and then we discover... What's happened to them, Steve? They're, uh, they improperly performed the fusion dance. <laughs> I like that. I never considered that. Yeah. They try to fuse together, I guess, into a single entity. It didn't quite work out. So um, we now have Teresa, the mom with her young son fused to her back and he they're both now in excruciating pain they look like some kind of mutated creature but they both still have very human faces so that mm -hmm. they can express and I really want to know what your reaction was to this Steve because when I saw this part I was like this we have now gone from uh, an 8 to a like 15 on a 10 scale Whoa. Why do they keep making that sound? Well, I don't think they like the sunlight, Dad. I think it's hurting them. How did you Let me get them up the stairs. So, I mean, before I even got to that point, you know, it was it was the you know the crazy neighbor, and I started getting the feeling that that obviously that this was not. Um, it's just not an action movie. Uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> got, got pretty clear around this point. Yeah. Um, but I still didn't see it as a as like a as a I don't know I, I guess it's the movie that it was. Mm -hmm. I saw it more of like a uh, what was that fucking Keanu Reeves movie the uh, where the they come in and they're terraforming. The Matrix. No. <laughs> It's probably not even Keanu Reeves. John Dick. With actors. You know what I mean? They come in, they're the, the aliens are terraforming the world, and, okay. and, and, uh, and they're all like hiding in basements and shit. Aliens. Was it like the day after tomorrow or you're, you're, Daisy you're thinking, or World War Z? You're thinking of a War of the Worlds with Tom Cruise. War of the Worlds, yeah. yeah. Tom Cruise, that's it. Same thing. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what I started thinking of, right? That's yeah. what it started seeming. It was like they were coming in, they were terraforming, and... Yeah, you know, I didn't. There, there was no clear indication of psychosis mm. at this point, but it was starting yeah. to lean there. Okay. Um, 
so then, uh, what? Dad, dad comes home. He, he's fucking losing it. There's all this weird shit all over the place. But it's still, he leans more towards terraforming. What I was confused oh. of was the next day after they come home from the hospital. Mm. And like you said, the giant fruits or the giant vegetables. But on top of that, there's all this strange alien vegetation outside yeah. of it. Mm-hmm. You know, that nobody seems to notice or acknowledge or anything. It's like, Gibson, yeah. looking tomatoes. But I have no idea where that purple trees came from. Yeah, do you, you remember the scene where he bites into that tomato? Yeah. Nick Cage? Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> Loved it. Just Class whips act. Garbage can. Gosh, yeah. I, we might consider that a cage out. There was really one solid cage out, I thought, when he was in the car. And he's just losing his mind. You fucking cocksucker! You cocksucker! You cocksucker! Yeah, they're just losing their minds over this thing. What's going on? I do have to say that in the short story, one really poignant piece of imagery was that the trees would move as if the wind was moving them, but there's no wind. And that was a part of the movie as well, the trees moving. And I just thought they were good shots. But in the story, the story gives you so many psychological horror things like that where I mean it's just something simple like that where now when you see the trees moving outside your house you're like wow is there wind it makes Mm -hmm. you think about those things and now it's just like when I see a mom and a son walking down the street and it starts to storm a little bit I think if lightning hits those two are they going to fuse together into Mm -hmm. an orgasm of pain I don't know anymore that's the effectiveness of film i guess bravo nicholas cage i was i was confused with a lot of that 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 whole fusion thing it, yeah they yeah. didn't seem to know what the fuck was going on the the daughter had already carved you know satanic symbols into her right. body and nobody even acknowledges yeah that. that's just her being her <laughs> right that's- oh yeah Yeah, so Lavinia is into Wicca and paganism, so of course we have to have a scene where she tries to do a ritual to make everything better, but instead um, self-harms, cuts herself, Mm -hmm. and, Daddy, I think I hurt myself. Lavinia, please don't cut yourself, goddammit. How many times do I have to tell you? (laughs) That was uh, amazing. Love that. That was that's. I feel like that was the only reason we needed to have some witchcraft stuff in there, because she reads the Necronomicon. I love she reads the Necronomicon, but it's the uh, discount paperback version from Barnes and Noble mm-hmm. for ten dollars. Um, but she's a teenager, you know. She probably got it through Amazon. But then again, Amazon may not deliver all the way out there in the sticks. It'd be kind of funny if uh, when they. That's the thing that uh-huh. confuses me with with all of this is is that they're city people. Right? They yeah. just moved to the sticks. Yeah. But they they don't seem to know anything of how right. things work. Yeah. It's kind of like a bastardized version of The Witch. I know you guys haven't seen yeah. that movie. But, yeah, I, I highly recommend oh. The Witch because it's very similarly structured in that it's a family that moves from the city, but this takes place in, like, the 1700s, maybe later. Um so they're leaving the village, which has all of their their essentials, 
And then things start to happen, and they don't understand what it is. The, the father is super religious. They think it's satanic. The kids are scared and confused. And it's just this kind of slow roller coaster ride into um, derangement and until you find out that it has to do with a witch. And it's very cleverly written. And I felt like this was mirroring some of the, the horror notes of that in a less... Um, a less affecting way. But, you know, whatever. It looked nice. I liked... The effects do look cool. Um, pretty color. Pretty colors. Yeah, I kind of want Steve here, though, for me to talk about the color itself. So we'll, we'll have to um, wait for that because this movie answers that question. If you say, what is the color out of space? There's an answer in the movie, which I find curious, but I, I guess I get it. It's just... It takes away something of the, the short story. Um, but yeah, we're, we're gearing up to hit the end of this movie. And then we can just talk some more about other stuff, I guess. But overall, um, it's definitely an experience. If you watched Mandy and you liked Mandy, I think it's worth your time to at least watch Color Out of Space once. It, it does have a similar kind of vibe to it. I do think Mandy is the superior movie of the two but uh i bought color out of space as a two-pack with mandy on itunes which was a good deal you know happy enough about it i also want to talk about the well man do you remember the look of the well it kind of looks like um fake like a plastic like uh, you would buy at Lowe's or something and stick in the ground like if you compare the look of the well in this movie to the well in the ring you know it, it's creepy in the ring right it looks like an old ass well with just bacteria and whatever purple purple, purple. So instead of water because of the the meteor um the well was filled with purple drink. <laughs> exactly. Steve, welcome back. This is the, the last point I want to bring up about this movie versus the short story. The, the, in, the, in the movie, if you ask the question, what's the color out of space? There's an answer, right? You remember Nick Cage is even, he's asked the question, what, what color was it that you saw? And he's like, it was, uh, it was pink. No, it was, uh, actually, I'm not really sure. And what do we see everywhere? The, we see the pink bug, and we see the pink, you know, CG light. Uh-huh. Yeah, in, in the short story version, the whole point is it's a color that cannot be described by human yeah. comprehension. It's so how do in, they describe Well, that's see, that was the genius of Lovecraft. He could use words to express this just really disturbing idea and i understand that that's not really easy to do i just thought like well why didn't you make it a shifting color or something that because they could see different colors at different times and refer to it as one color but then we as the audience are watching it and seeing different colors and that just kind of makes it creepy in a way right it's like, well that wasn't the same color we saw before that would have been cool but instead we just saw the same colors over and over, out of space. Whatever. What did, what did you think about that, Steve? Did, did it bother you that the color out of space was uh, 
you know, kind of girly. I still didn't really understand the the purpose of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, let's get through. Um, let's because just... it wasn't the color; it was the water. Yeah. Right. I mean, there's some. Yeah. What's no, that? there are so many allusions to it being a a liquid substance. Mm-hmm. And yeah. and I and I understand what you're saying. It was supposed to be. It was supposed to be an entire sensory experience. It was supposed to be light, sound, everything all mixed mm-hmm. together. But there was so much heavy focus on the cause being a liquid substance. Yeah. And and they repeated that so many times, even to the to the next point, right? Mm-hmm. The the when they're trying to take care of the mom, and and eventually Nick decides he's going to go out and uh, clean up and, and put away all the alpacas. Or, uh-huh. Sorry, put away, put away the alpaca. <laughs> yeah. Um, and comes back inside, and you know he's like, I'm going to put down mom, but decides instead to you know start to. Uh, start trying to get some still like mm-hmm. it's fine kids on the back he can't see mm-hmm. and you can see the strands of uh, of of uh, saliva mm-hmm. goo i don't know just just yeah. dripping in between them mm-hmm. I'll yeah pack. yeah, I'll yeah that was all back in front yeah no i mean it, it clearly it like came from her to him mm. kind of like a kind of like the blob you know that? Yeah, yeah. Picture? To blob the the Wii game. This is why I I kid you not. Now this, this sounds bad, but I I had to go back and make sure that I wasn't wrong and that this wasn't an M Night Shyamalan movie because I swear to God the uh-huh. the central focus on this single scientific character uh-huh. that's completely outside of everybody else. Yeah. I it just it it was all of the workings. It was it was the fucking happening. Yeah, man. I, I didn't think of that, but you're right. Yeah. It, it is pretty Shyamalan-esque, yeah. and it does have some... Yeah. Especially the things that don't make sense. Another right. thing another thing that happens is um, Lavinia and Benny decide that they're going to run away from the farm. And do you remember There's they're, like, complaining that, oh, there's nothing for 10 miles or something. What are we going to do? We can't leave because it's just woods for so for so far. And I'm just like, but look at what's happening at your house. Why wouldn't but you just? City people. That's the only illusion of being city I mean, people. They don't know what the fuck to do. They they would just put, get lost. They're terrified of that idea. Put some food in a bag and run for your lives. If you have to sleep, it's already night. Just get far enough from the house that you're safe. Set up camp. But anybody's decision on that case is the same thing. You know, his, his wife and son were just shot by lightning and fused together. Yeah. Car's dead. Fuck it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, sorry, honey. I, I, I can't help you. Yeah, I remember when they're they're fused together. There's, there's neighbors. There's other people in town that he right. you know reached out to. Evidently, yeah. the crazy crazy neighbor dude doesn't live too far away because everyone always walks to his house. Yeah. Because you saw uh, you saw the hydrologist dude. Mm-hmm. Walk from Nick's house to the yes. to the crazy kid's house. Right. Yeah. After driving to Nick's house. And I feel so, like if they would have gotten him involved, he would have he would have basically been like, "Oh yeah, that's yeah, bro. It's the color from the meteor. That's what it is, man. This is what you got to do." Yeah. And then that's yeah. like, "Oh okay, game over. We figured right. it out. It's the meteorite." If they caught him before he got too ripped. Yeah. And then they all get high, and that's the end. It's how high two. 
Um, let's see. So the fusion of mommy and son, it turns into this, she becomes a monster, right? It's like a boss fight. Yeah, it's like a boss fight. Pretty cool. I thought it was cool. I like that. And that's why I was excited, right? Because it wasn't so. Uh, that's when the, the the kids are outside, right? And uh-huh. uh, uh, Jonah Hill decides to go down the well because he thinks uh-huh. that uh, Timmy fell down the well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I was really excited because I thought we were finally going to get to see uh, Nina from Full Metal Alchemist. <laughs> <laughs> Oh. So I was actually getting really pumped for it because I was like, I, I've accepted this point that it's just a creepy horror movie, and I'm like, all right, but at least we're gonna get you know some like dog boy action. Let's see what's gonna happen here. Yeah, uh, the fusion dance again. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah that's what I was waiting for. I was like, right, that, show it to me. Maybe it was written, just not not included. I'm I'm expecting it to be in the the DVD outtakes. Yeah. So we're at the point in the movie now where everything's gone to hell. And we're reaching mm-hmm. the climax of the movie. And this is when um, M. Night Shyamalan, as you call him, the hydrologist character, and the sheriff and the other, uh, I want to say deputy, they come to the house after examining the um, mutant, uh, you know, radiated alpacas. And, and instead of, uh, you know, like taking that up the chain, it's like, well, let's just go investigate. They come to the gardener's home. They see Nick Cage, who's going crazy, and he's just talking to himself. And he's like, what are you, t- what are you talking about? My wife's right there. When, you know, she's in the attic, locked in the attic, going crazy. He's, he's also locked his daughter up there with them. And yeah. his wife and son are now this mutant beast. And uh, they, they look at Nick Cage, and he is very disturbed. Uh, and, and yet, they, when they go upstairs, they leave Nick Cage downstairs. Okay? He's mm-hmm. obviously crazy. Then they go yeah. upstairs. They see the monster. And then Nick Cage comes in with a shotgun. Now... Why would they allow that to happen, is my question. To, for him to grab a gun, wouldn't you just expect him to kill everybody? From their perspective? Did he go, did he go past them first? Oh, yeah, he, did. he does. He did. He, got he comes in them. with a gun, and then he you know, murders his family. He kills the wife and son. Mutant beast, boss fight. Yeah. Um, pretty awesome scene. And I think that's when... Ward, M. Night Shyamalan, and the sheriff, they go to Ezra's, and he is now um, dead. The, the well, like, there's, like, fucking spaghetti monster legs coming out of the yeah. well now. Yeah, like right. Like, it's the fucking Kraken or something. And yeah. This is where... Mm-hmm. Cage runs out there and starts yelling at it, and then the sheriff runs out and shoots him. Oh, yeah, that's right. It's yeah. like delayed. It's, it's your whole gun. He runs in the room with a gun, and Sheriff's like, no big deal. He runs outside, and Sheriff's like, shoot that. Yeah, it's really great. I love it. And then we get the really cool ending sequence that is the most Lovecraft in the movie. You know how they, they show this CG world, I'm assuming, where the meteor came from, the alien world? Yeah, that's when I was like, okay, that's that's the one kind of cool thing in this movie that's very Lovecraft. And then we have the, yeah, like you said, the well is just spitting up color. And, yeah, what, what else happens? Oh, yeah, and then uh, Nicolas Cage starts speaking in his family's voices. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the whole place just kind of explodes, right? Yeah, like... Uh the M. Night starts having his whole meltdown and 
I, it's like he starts tripping acid. Yeah, it's very psychedelic. Yeah, like this whole time, I, I honestly, now that you're telling me there's this this other story that this is based off of, that mm-hmm. sounds way more interesting. It is because this this to me just felt like an acid trip. Yeah, it was like somebody. This it was. It was just a meteorite that came from the frat house down the road, and it was just a meteorite full of acid, and they launched it, and it landed in the student's yard, and everyone got so fucking trippy. Yeah, because even then, like he explains, Nick explains at the end that uh, all his family's sitting right here. You can see everybody, and so I still don't even believe that any of these events actually happened. Uh-huh. Any of the mutations, any of the other crazy shit. There's no insinuation that any of this ever actually happened. Sure. Until the very last second. Yeah. Are you talking about um, when it cuts to the future? Yeah. yeah. Well, well, no, it cuts to like the yeah, sort of. Not 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 the future future, but like so. Dude has this breakdown. He goes and hides in the basement. Okay. And somehow survives everything else getting destroyed. Yeah. And all of the color getting sucked mm-hmm. out of it again yeah. because he's he's yeah. M Night Shyamalan. Yeah, because he's M Night Shyamalan. He's got to be there. He's got to be the storyteller, mm-hmm. or he's fucking genie. Yeah. <laughs> I, th- I did think at the end he had a pretty cool uh, monologue that kind of just capped off the whole movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me too. It was cool. But was he doing a handstand at any point? I don't think so. Steve, I swear to you, when, when uh, episode one of season two of Late Night Cage Fight drops, you read somewhere on the internet that Nicolas Cage does a handstand and gives a speech or a monologue. So they must have uh, released that somewhere and um, cut it from the movie. It might be a deleted scene or something. Who knows? But I definitely did not see it in the movie. I have the Blu-ray. I can... Uh... Yeah, yeah, let us know. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, that ending sequence is pretty cool. And it kind of parallels what happens in the short story as well. But of course, this is... Uh, much more um, intense, crazy, in cage. Very 80s horror as well. Has kind of a poltergeist feel to it to me. So, yeah, I mean, that's pretty much it. Color out of space. Then the ending is in my Shyamalan, the hydrologist. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ward. Um, he is now looking at the blasted heath, the area where this was all affected, and talking about um i think it's straight out of the short story too what he's saying really and i think that because it's actually good writing at this point um uh how the reservoir is going to fill this area and it's going to you know it's it's going to cover all of these horrible memories and it's going to be forgotten but for some reason he's been drawn back to look at the blasted heath and there's also this implication that maybe when the reservoir covers the area, maybe, just maybe, that color is not quite gone yet. And it could infect, right? It could infect the entire water system. Right. Yeah. That's still the last thing he says. Yeah, it's still the last thing he says. Is, I still won't drink the water. I still won't drink the water. Yeah. Yeah, we got to hit that again for the thousandth time. Yeah. So sad. The water. So, as a you know, as an ecological environmental film, I give it an A plus. It's really great. Yeah. Take care of your water. Yeah. No fracking. 
Only no. drink feet. It's got magical properties. Yeah. Untouched by human hands. So mm-hmm. I, I get the sense that you guys weren't really moved by the uh, whole um, evil meteor bad guy. You didn't think that that was uh, very, um, what, believable or creative? That a meteor brought some kind of juicy liquid that makes people go crazy? As, as far as juicy liquids, I'd, it wouldn't hit my top ten. Right. Uh, but, no, I mean, uh, for 1927, I yeah. it's a pretty mm-hmm. creative... Yeah, you know. so... Let me just say that a modern version of this kind of story um, is a novel called Annihilation by Jeff Vandermeer. You familiar with that? There's a film as well with Natalie Portman. What's that? The movie's fantastic. Yeah, the movie's great. Yeah, and there are some similarities, but Annihilation, I think, is a, it's a more modern, uh, better take on this concept where you have an extraterrestrial invasion that um, is having a biological effect on its surrounding and trying to mutate it on a genetic level in a super disturbing way. And both the book and and film, yeah, are excellent. Um, And I totally think that it was inspired by the story. And this version of Color Out of Space, unfortunately, is just, it's more camp and straight body horror, as they say. So, you know, going into something like this, if you're into just gross, disgusting gore, you're going to find something in it that you'll like, for sure, because there's lots of that. And kind of cheesy effects. They're still cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but as far as something like really just disturbing and leaving you with that kind of uh, creepy feeling, you know, I'm just going to say stick to the short story or check out Annihilation, because, man, I, I love that novel and movie. Colorado Space! I'm 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 kinda happy Cage wasn't in Annihilation. Could you imagine? If he was if he was the final boss? Ugh. I wouldn't want to see him in a silver spandex uh costume. <laughs> just a just a silver morph suit. Yeah. Cage. Oh, I don't know. It could be good. So what else? What else should we say about Color Out of Space? It was directed. Go feed your mother. Oh yeah, yeah. Go feed your I, mother. I would. I would like to say that uh, I went into this movie somewhat blind, mm-hmm. and I happened to show it to a group of my friends, and they they weren't happy with me. Oh no! <laughs> really? Yeah, they weren't into it. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. To uh, specifically, they did not like the sound direction. Uh, okay. They they found it very irritating, uh, which I I personally thought that was part of the direction. I uh-huh. I thought it was uh-huh. the high pitched tones that are used in the film. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I I think that that was done in order to make you feel uneasy mm-hmm. but you know film snobs they are not I see yeah that's yeah. you have to be open to that kind of stuff especially in a movie like this you know it's the same with we were talking about the witch I showed that to friends before and 
yeah, I, they were not into it because it's slow burn, slow moving movie. And um, yeah, I mean, I just wish everyone could watch movies like us and appreciate that. Even if a movie's not great, if Nicolas Cage is in it, then there's really no choice. Mm-hmm. You have to watch it. Just Steve would never watch a movie like this, but because Nick was in it, he knew that it was probably one of the greatest films ever, and he watched it. Yeah, so, it wasn't it, terrible. I'm happy to hear that. I want to know how they got the alpacas on the truck, right? Yeah. Because he goes out in the shed, uh-huh. he shoots them, uh-huh. and then what? Somebody comes out and like digs them out of his shed and brings them back but doesn't bother to help anything else going on? No. I re- or even go in and ask? No, I remember they found him on the side of the road. How? I'm pretty sure. They ran away. Didn't some run away? They were... Some, they were all like one mega. Oh, no, no, that's right. Yeah. Some of them did get out, and that's and they almost yeah. hit them on their way back. Yeah, that was it. That's right. Yeah. Uh, Richard Stanley, who directed this, let's just kind of look at what he's done. He famously was fired from directing The Island of Dr. Moreau in 1996. Uh, also an interesting body horror-esque film to check out. But the whole story of him getting fired from that movie, I believe, was made into... Oh, yeah, its own movie called Lost Soul, The Doomed Journey of Richard Stanley's Island of Dr. Moreau. I'm interested in seeing that, but um, I haven't, unfortunately. And he was also involved with the Dune movie? Oh, the, the Dune movie that was never made. And uh, I only bring that up because there is a new Dune movie directed by the same guy who did uh, Blade Runner 2049. Is that what it was? And Arrival. Some really great films, yeah. I think next year um, the new Dune movie is going to come out, and I'm pretty pumped to see that. I do not believe Nicolas Cage is involved with that one, though. Still time. There is. Yeah. Come on, give him a cameo. Oh, speaking of Nicolas Cage, I also watched the Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse movie for the first time. The animated film? Have you guys seen that one? Yeah, that that movie's fantastic. It's great. I, you know, i I didn't have a I didn't give Sony a lot of credit uh-huh. because uh-huh. a lot of the Spider-Man stuff that they put out has been less than good. We'll uh-huh. say, uh-huh. I see, but but they did a really good job with that. I'm, yeah, I totally just want to thank all the animators involved in bringing that movie to life because it is probably one of the best animated movies I've seen in a long time, and a super cool fresh take on Spider-Man, and Nicolas Cage plays a version of Spider-Man, and uh, does a great job. I gotta say plays spider-man noir that's uh, it. yeah who who comes from an all black and white dimension mm-hmm. okay little fella kingpin's gonna send a lot of mugs after you and i'm talking hard boys real biscuit boxers can you fight them all off at once prize attack that's right and i really i really like the gag that they have where he gets like a rubik's cube and takes it back to his <laughs> his uh, dimension Right, right. Yeah. yeah, Steve, so you should watch that sometime. 
Did you know this movie is actually going to be the first of a trilogy? What movie? Color Out Space. Shut up. In a Q&A with Richard Stanley, Stanley claimed that the film would be the first of a trilogy with a Dunwich horror adaptation coming next. Oh, my God. Well, that's bad news for you, Steve, because you're the one who hates these kinds of movies. That's uh, all right. Will Cage be in? That's the question. Will Cage be in it? I don't know. Uh, that's true. I think yes. I mean... Just put him in the role where the guy goes crazy and let him improv. Um, uh, and be done. <laughs> there you go, yeah. Richard Stanley's favorite movie is actually Vampire's Kiss. Are you and kidding? he actually asked Nicolas Cage to use the same style of performance. Are you serious? <laughs> yeah. Speaking of Vampire's Kiss. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. That's coming up. That's coming up. We are going to discuss that in great detail soon of course mm-hmm. first I gotta get episode one of the new season up where uh, we talk about Peggy Sue got married and raising Arizona a few audio issues with that one um, that seems to be the case lately but I'm getting them worked out so it'll still be a good listen but I totally anticipate Vampire's Kiss I want to make that one as fun as possible because that's probably, one what's that? I probably need to rewatch both yeah. those movies. Yeah, sorry, Sean. I know you were really excited to talk about them. But hey, at least Vampire's Kiss is worth a rewatch. What was the other one? What was the other one? Do you know? The, it's the one with Cher. I, I don't oh. remember what it was. I, I mean, I don't want to spoil anything, but um, <laughs> yeah. one movie is more memorable than the other. Uh huh. Just. Moonstruck. Moonstruck. Right. Right. It, it did have some good cage outs. Good. You know. Good. Good. But, you know, vamp- Vampire's Kiss is like... Yeah. Yeah. That That's like the room levels of fantastic. Mm-hmm. Did, you, did you guys like my Vampire's Kiss clip I put in the Tiger King episode when uh, Doc... Doc, whatever his name is, Bhagavan, is uh, trying to spell his name. Do you remember? Is th- I put in the Nick Cage clip from Vampire's Kiss where he's like, A, B, C, D. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man, I knew I had to put that in there. Oh, there's going to be... This going to be a good episode. Guys, this was a very interesting and fun conversation about uh, Color Out of Space. I had a lot to talk about. You know, I, I really wanted to have an outline, um, but I think even not having one, I was able to hit just about all the points I wanted to about this movie. And, man, there were a lot. Yeah, we got cage outs. We got uh, interstellar um, mutations. Definitely something for the whole family. Um, I think there's a pretty good chance that Sam is going to try to keep Cage on for future movies. They seem to have a bit of a romance. Yeah. I, I They've think also both shared a quest for the Holy Grail. What? They both shared a quest for the Holy Grail. I believe it. I, I can only imagine. Can you imagine these two guys in the same room just by themselves? <laughs> I, I can only imagine what that would be like. Yeah. And, you know, I felt like Mandy... Nick Cage's character in Mandy 
was more like him. Because he's more of like a rock star personality in person, in what I read. And then, you know, <laughs> Color Out of Space was more like Family Man too. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So it was kind of awkward. It's like, oh, okay, Nick has to play a Family Man again, and it's you can just tell he's not like that yeah. in real life. So yeah. it's, it's funny, but he got to lose his mind a little bit. Just a bit. Just, just enough. enough. Yeah, just yeah. enough. Just enough. Um, yeah, Color Out of Space, guys. Well, thanks for uh, having this discussion and watching this excellent film with me. Mm -hmm. It was great. Anything else you guys want to add before we stop the stream? You know, the entire movie was actually sponsored by Crayola. Really? Yes. That's awesome. Crayola sponsored the color out of space. Did they ever maybe tweet, come out and say what color they think came out of space? Robin's egg blue. Oh. It wasn't just brown. You know, you know Macaroni Grill has exclusive Crayola colors for their kids menu. No, I didn't. Like they have exclusively licensed colors that you can't mm -hmm. sell anywhere else. Yep. Interesting. Exclusive Crayola crayons. Wow. So I will tell you one, one last tidbit that I did read on this. Um, Give me a Tim uh, Hortons. Give me a Tim Hortons tidbit. Your color complaints. Mm -hmm. The color used in this film to represent the alien color is magenta. Magenta. The color that does not exist in a from a single wavelength of light as part of a color spectrum of visible light. Rather, it's an extraspectral color that is only perceived by humans in a specific interaction of the optical rods in their eyes that detect wow. red and blue colors in specific circumstances to create the color magenta in their minds. So there was logic behind that color. Yeah. I'm glad you said that. That's interesting, but I still think it's stupid because magenta is still a color. Yeah. Is it, though? Shut up, Sean. I'm sorry. Don't shut up. You just, that's probably what Cage would say. Is it though? Is it really a color? How do you know? What is a color? Colors are a construct. What if it, what if it actually did come out of space? And Dude. you just don't know because you've already been infected because this is sort of the future. <laughs> this happened over a hundred years ago. That's so, why HP wrote about it. This means You don't know that because the water has gotten into everybody's water. We all see this color now. What is water? Color of space. You sound like our it. president. <laughs> water comes from air air comes from space <laughs> all colors are in the space water force. name one color you can't because they've never existed mm, deep. deep but this just tells me that they had already decided that it was going to be magenta so that line where Cage is like oh I saw a color it was uh, hot pink you know, he's thinking of what's like magenta, but not magenta, because I don't want to say magenta, because we know it's magenta. And uh, it's like hot pink. Actually, I don't know what it was. You just said it was hot pink. No, they probably told him what the color was, and he couldn't remember it. I think he just like, said I don't pink. Know, it was like hot pink or something. Um, oh. I don't remember. What's my line, guys? Yeah, <laughs> he was probably supposed to say magenta, but he legitimately couldn't remember. They were oh. like, you know what? Classic cage. Let's yeah, keep it. Just keep it. People are just going to love that. <laughs> yeah. He should have just said, I don't know, then. 
Yeah. Instead of giving a color. It's sick. He always tries. Yeah. Oh, well. Well, thanks again, guys. Color Out of Space. What a spirited discussion of this uh, now classic horror film. Um, I don't think we can talk about any other horror film now after this one. Color Out of Space, probably it sets the bar for good uh, mother-son fusion horror. And I'm just excited for what comes next. I hope Cage is in the next um, Lovecraft-adapted films. Um, heck, I hope I hope he's in the next National Treasure that they're supposed to be making. I don't know if you caught that, but apparently there's a new National Treasure in the works. Probably going to be a Disney Plus um, exclusive release or something. I don't know, but it's going to be great. Uh, I would like to see National Treasure versus Sorcerer's Apprentice, where he's the Sorcerer's Apprentice trying to find the National Treasure. So many possibilities with, with Nicolas Cage. It's a cage of possibilities, and that's what we're here to discuss. And I thank you very much for your time. And uh, Color Out of Space, excellent. Watch it as many times as you can. Get it into your brain that water can kill you. Especially if there's fluoride in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this was, the great, this was the anti-fluoride film of the decade. That's what I meant to say earlier. Maybe even you know, anti-vaccine. I don't know. Steve, don't worry, though, because there are plenty of T.S. Eliot stories that, you know, they can adapt and put Nicolas Cage in. Uh, plenty. You know, this one. Um, yeah. I mean, I already know we've got good ones coming up with, with Tiger King. And mm-hmm. The, uh, what, what is the, so. what's the masterpiece one? We keep bringing it up. I keep I forgetting yeah, the, the full, the full title. Yeah, the massive weight of talent. Something talent. Something. I got it. It's the unbearable weight of massive talent. Yeah. This is what we're all waiting for. It right now. It has a March 19, 2021 release date. So it'll be interesting to see where we are in the podcast by the time that comes out. Um, mm-hmm. And in the world. Yeah, I mean, I would like to be one of the first to premiere the review of that movie. So maybe we could get Nick or one of his uh, reps from the from the studio to give us an early early glimpse at this. That would be great. Just uh, send us an email or something. If anyone has any leaked copies or yeah. knows any right. hackers from you know yeah certain. Countries um, that are not in the United States. That's what I was going to say if we got a no. But I'm sure we're going to get a no. So we might as well just invite people to hack the movie. I think that's a really great thing to do. Thank you. Why don't we just do both? LimeWire.net. Why don't we ask Nick Cage to National Treasure hack his own, his movie? own movie? And give it to us. Dude, that's genius. Yeah. Alright, well, let, let's, let's end this stream because uh, it's been an hour and a half and I know people are hungry and tired. Hungry. So thanks guys for joining us. This is uh, Sean, Steve, and Reese. Kevin is here in spirit um, saying goodnight. Thanks for joining us. Nick Cage All forever. Right. Thank you very much. Later.
People do not want to see an all-white remake of The Color Purple. Sucks for them.